Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Slim Cogcast. It is our Slim Cognito, and boy, let me tell you about the fifth episode in House of the Dragon Season 1, titled We Like the Way. First things first, in the opening scene, you can see Matt Smith, who plays Prince Damon Targaryen, walking up to and speaking with his betrothed wife, or let's say wife-to-be, who was princess of another kingdom, and... She enters on horseback and, of course, starts talking some noise to him. You know, they're saying, like, okay, what do you want, husband? Why are you here? Blah, blah, blah. And he attacks her and causes the horse to throw her off. Being thrown off a horse hurts, especially if you're wearing armor. It's going to knock the wind out of you, okay? You're going to be stuck there for a while. And, of course, her being stuck down there, he decides to pressed down on her arm with his foot just to see how much pain she was in but then he walked away and then as he was leaving she says i knew you couldn't finish you never could and he picks up the biggest sharpest rock that he could find and just starts to approach her once again and there was an immediate cut to a man using a cleaver to cut the head off of a fish so <clears throat> it's safe to assume at the moment that he killed her no one knows i i don't know where she came from they didn't mention her up until now but this is what happened and he's killed his bride to be now next scene you catch the hand doing his best to advise the queen and the queen defended princess Raina, Rhaenyra, because she swore that she was still innocent and that she did not lie with her uncle but unbeknownst to the queen she did lie with Sir Kristen, her personal bodyguard, which I told you about last week. So she has been what they call deflowered. And the queen here is speaking to, excuse me, not the hand, but she was uh, speaking to her father. And her father was doing his best to make sure you need to be afraid of the princess is basically what he was saying, because this woman cannot be trusted. This princess is evil tongue she plays both sides and she has no morals and she will kill your children in order to ensure her power now i i i, I know i know but i feel like he may be right <laughs> it's it seems like it might get ugly but <clears throat> i do feel like alicent by the way is her name uh, the queen she you know he let her down with no ease told it to her straight and then put her to tears of course she didn't you know they had a, a peaceful disagreement so to speak and he leaves her with a kiss on the cheek and he holds her head to reassure her that he still loves her but that's just how he feels now of course the king of uh, Viserys Targaryen he has approached the Valorian kingdom now they've traveled out on by ship as which is why they were the the fish was getting cut is because they were on the ship and they were fishing, you know, to get food for the travel and then, you know, etc. But here's the thing that's hilarious. They they show up and as the king was gone, Lord Laris pops up and starts to conversate with the queen in his absence. And he starts to do what Twitter likes to call the Lord Baelish move, where... <laughs> He just started being messy as hell. Like, he just started spilling details, talking about, hey, um, did you know that the king requested that she had to take a morning after pill, uh, well, morning after 
tonic, I guess you could call it in these times. So she goes to sipping on that. She drank that or whatever. You know, that was something from last week that we spoke about in episode four. But he's actually telling the details to the queen who's been defending the princess and been on her side because but the princess has lied to the queen. So in this process, he takes it upon himself to just say, hey, queen. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she got knocked up and uh, he's trying to make sure that it doesn't happen. And it turns out we don't know if what he's doing is a good or bad thing telling her this truth but we know it's gonna cause some drama so and i know y'all want to hear about the drama and i'll be honest i kind of want to see it myself <laughs> so moving forward back to the king and the princess at valorian at the valorian kingdom they've basically made themselves at home and grown familiar with them they see their heritage and histories painted on the walls and the heads and crowns of kings before them which are very reminiscent of african crowns that pharaohs used to wear and they come upon the king himself now the valorian king king or lord corliss excuse me still my favorite character because of the gray dreads bro and he just looked like a badass his whole family looks so cool um of course Viserys being the king of the Iron Throne, his kingdom being over several other kingdoms that have been conquered uh, before he inherited the throne. So, of course, Lord Corliss has to bow to him when in his presence, even in front of his own throne. They show it, but you can tell that on his face it looks like a distasteful thing, like, like, he's, like he's in pain doing so or it's, it's hurting his pride. But moving forward, every scene that the king is included in, you can tell that his health is waning worse and worse and worse. And he was getting more and more sick. He's coughing more often. His hands are being more and more useless, his left hand especially, uh, as it's rotting and dying and he lost the use of his uh, pinky and ring finger. So it's looking kind of ugly. <laughs> but uh, during this entire conversation, there are details that uh, Lord Corlys said that he wanted to share with him. And basically, they've agreed that the princess would marry one of the sons of Lord Corlys in order to combine the family and houses of the Valorians and the Targaryens even closer and ensure power of their families, which is a normal practice from back then. So here you are, they're um, lining up and setting up an entire celebration to announce the wedding of one of his sons with the with princess of the targaryens I, it, boy these names are like hard to keep up with and i know the names but i keep forgetting the names okay y'all gonna have to forgive me um so yeah now the conversation with the queen and lord corliss was basically just trying to confirm who would take whose last name and how would this lineage be passed down in what way because it's very important when the child is named after which house it basically cements what house is the lead or the strongest or etc it's a form of ownership you know having a name even if it's just for an individual in their own name or the last name given through marriage so all these things are interesting now you see the next thing that was interesting to me, I'm not sure about you all, but uh, Rhaenyra went for a walk to conversate with her husband-to-be, uh, the son of the Valorian, uh, of Lord Corliss, and 
they're just speaking of it as if it's a business deal. There's no romance involved. There's no caring about one another involved or anything. There's just, well, there's an agreement that they had and this is how we're going to go about it and this is why this is happening and et cetera, et cetera. It's very detached, kind of soulless, you know? It's, it's, it's kind of jarring seeing the norm of people who really cannot choose their partner despite the fact that they were born in royalty so they don't have to worry about you know what they're gonna eat tomorrow or you know having to hunt daily in order to survive etc you know but they don't have any agency of their own choice for their future they have to marry into strong families and make sure they procreate for the sake of keeping power in the family there's no bringing a life into this world for any beautiful reason other than it's just business 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 and that's kind of jarring for me and also you know a little it's 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 kind of okay it's it's kind of whack i'm gonna be real with you it, 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 it's it's the way it sounds it's, it's kind of sucks bro <laughs> but i guess it is what it was anyway there's a next scene where there's a conversation between lord corliss and his wife and they're worried about their son and him growing into a man which is one of a mother's biggest worries because they know that their child they know their child as a kid and they're worried what type of man they could grow into because a mother ultimately knows that the man or the woman that the children become is all completely based upon the choices that they make and the choices that the parent has made thus far and of course you know lord corliss calms her you know gives her a, a perspective to understand but they get into a small little quarrel about it because she doesn't care about all the other things and the frivolous stuff that they throw around and the buzzwords that keep them calm and making these decisions for the children. She just wants them to really, she just wants the best for her kids. And she admits that she never wore the crown because they never wanted a woman to wear the crown. So she has her concerns, you know, for her children in general. Because they'd have another daughter that they plan to marry off into another house as well. With the, another daughter which they attempted to uh, marry off to uh, Lord Viserys. But Viserys did not accept. So in the very next scene it is revealed. Ooh. That Theo Nate who plays the role of Sir Lenor Valerian. Which is the son that's sworn to marry to Princess Rhaenyra Targaryen. He's actually gay. And him and his boyfriend was playing around in the grass and they were talking to one another and he's getting cold feet about the marriage and he doesn't feel too comfortable about it. And this shed some light on why his mother was so worried. I feel that she knows her baby is a little sweet and she don't want him to be hurt because of this whole business of marrying him off and all this. She wants him to be himself, but who knows? I can't read too much into this subtext because we've only had two scenes about it. And this right here is some ooey, ooey, ooey. So very next scene, we're back on the boat and the princess is talking to um, Cordis. And Sir Cordis, her personal knight, who was sworn to protect her, remember last week we spoke about her lying with him and he took her virginity and this was like the biggest taboo he when you swear your loyalty as a knight you do not have sex you do not take in um any type of drugs you don't drink you don't do 
any of that. You just spend your time protecting your whoever you're sworn to protect and honing your skills at the sword. And celibacy is one of the main things that they um that they you know swear to in their oath. So he's here trying to tell her how much jeopardy that she put his life into by having sex with him. Not only did it ruin his name and ruin his chances in the future, but if if he's found out, he is subject to die. When you break your oath, you are going to be punished by death. That's the oath. When you swear as a knight and she looks him in the eye and says that she will not sacrifice her position and her entire family name off of a whim of love, she says. And basically runs away from the responsibility of her actions. But the reason this is so nefarious is because, and, and evil, is because for the first four episodes, she's been complaining about being royalty. She didn't want to be married to anyone. She didn't want to be on a throne. She hated it all. So now here she is, she's saying, you think I would choose infamy in exchange for a bushel of, what did she say? Hold on, let me see if I remember. I'm gonna run it back, I'm gonna take a look at it. Yeah, bushel of oranges or a ship to a side. Basically, I'm not gonna run away with you because life is too good and I wanna keep it like this so I can play both sides is what she's saying. So she doesn't care if she calls him death or ruined his life. And now she's saying things like my life, my family, my marriage, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's it's very distasteful, honestly, but it shows the character that she is in truth. She's not an innocent, nice girl. She's actually very sociopathic. And we're starting to see this come through. Um, and let's and honestly, I don't know how anybody even respects her after that whole fiasco with her being in love with her uncle. But um, hey. She says she wants him to go back to being a sworn protector and just go back to how things were. And he's like, no, I took I took an oath. We can't go back. Like, we can't go back. What do you mean go back? It's what they call uh, um, soiling your white cloak, losing your purity, so to speak. And his hopes was if he married her, he can regain his honor. And, you know, it would, you know, cover up the blemish of their uh, misdeeds. But um, in many words, she just said no. <laughs> and he just walked off on her in mid-conversation because he's hurt, and rightfully so. Because you got no right to do a beautiful man like that. That man is like drop-dead gorgeous, and you got no right to treat him that way. How dare you, woman? Anyway, they get back to the kingdom, to their own uh, kingdom, um, the Targaryen uh, kingdom. And the thing is, as soon as Kristen gets through the door, because of that messy um, um, dude that told her uh, what happened with the princess and, and who was screwing who, and the morning after drink, um, as soon as he gets there, the queen requests an audience with Sir Kristen. So Kristen reports straight to her. She puts the baby off on the uh, in the, on the the nurse, I guess, and he shows up and she just starts railing into him just like. Uh, but she but she didn't do it directly. She was beating around the bush. She was like. Um, I understand that sometimes a knight may be tempted to and all of this and that. Man, look. He just cut it all off and just went straight to the point and said, yes, I did it, your majesty. 
and I felt weak, and I've let you down, and I've broken my oath, and I'm sorry. You know, he just, he just, he just laid it out, and just kept it real. And the queen, she was just almost speechless. She just, she just didn't say anything. Like she just accepted it as it is. And now she's like double pissed. Well, here's what's going on in her mind. Queen is like, okay, she lied to me and took advantage, and I defended her. Now I know that my father was right and she's full of shit. You see, now she really gets what type of snakes that she's living with. So once again, your, uh, it, it, the next scene is back at the king being treated for his sickness. And right now his entire arm is deteriorating, skin dying. Looks like some type of necrotizing um, sickness and the thing about it um well for those who don't know necrotizing anytime you hear necro um it's usually um about death or uh, devouring of living things and when speaking in medical terms necrotizing or necro is um in reference to things that are eating itself so you say necrotizing fasciitis is a skin eating disease and it seems to be the very thing that the king has right now. And the king here is suffering uh, while bathing in leeches, I believe. And they're doing their best to try to like, you know, treat it because they can't heal it. And he asks the hand, I think this is the hand he's speaking to. I don't know anymore. But basically he was asking some side character, what will they say about me when I die? Yeah, it's the hand. He's speaking to the hand. He says, what will they sing about me when I die? What will they say? What will they write in the history books? I've never conquered any wars. I haven't won any battles. Or I've never been defeated in battle. So I'm not sure what they would say as I go, you know. And it's probably best that I don't know what they'd say. You know, he's basically coming to grips with his death. And he's staring down his own mortality. And then he drifts off to sleep. It gets kind of, you know, sad in that way. But, you know, as a king... It only makes sense that you you put your head down so much in order to keep everything from and putting out fires and, and leadership so much that you don't really consider the future all too often outside of just making sure that your children are straight. You know, you, you're going to make sure that your kids are good. But outside of that, you're like, wait, what about anything else beyond that? You know, and of course, the very next scene begins a huge feast where plenty of people were invited, even the uh king of castle rock you had all types of families uh reporting especially the people of the hour the most amazing looking decked out dripped out family the valorian show up and boy they got some good looking outfits man that family looks so damn royal it's amazing so yes um <laughs> as uh people come in and they make themselves known and the Valyrians steal the show as they enter. People, they clap and they give applause and whatnot. And the king gives a speech. Everybody sits down. They have their fun. But the queen was missing from this entire event without anyone knowing why. She just did not show up. And no one knows where she is. She shows so fashionably late that everybody stops talking, turns, and see her walk in with the most beautiful green dress, by the way. Very well made. Got to give credit to the peoples who did the wardrobe um, and the tailoring for her. But, uh, yeah. She walks in looking fire. 
And everybody's like, oh, and, and they so like taken aback and awestruck that people forgot that they need to stand in her presence. So everybody just one by one just standing up. It's like watching a bunch of people not knowing when to stand up in church and start clapping. <laughs> so as the queen takes her seat next to the king, Ceres, the king stands and announces that Sir Lena Valerian is now going to be the heir to Deathmark and basically the definitive, I don't know what to call it, um, he's basically now, what did, what did he say? I'm, I'm trying to remember what he said directly. He said it's going to be the second generation of dragons or whatnot, or the future of dragons and ensuring it or whatever. And of course the princess and this uh, to be wed prince are now dancing alone. They're having their, you know, wedded dance. And as they're dancing, which is, I guess, supposed to be a prelude to their uh, consummate, uh, not consummate, excuse me, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm trying to find the word. I avoid everything that's related to marriage because I try not to think about it on a daily basis. <laughs> well, on a monthly basis. And yet, these, these two, as they dance, Sir Crystal is staring her down and will not take his eyes off of her. And then you got, um, um, you have a, 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 a Leonard, Leonard Valerian, his boyfriend is staring at him like crazy and just just piercing daggers at the princess. Hurt. It's all types of relationship drama going on right now, right? Because at the same time, don't forget her uncle, Damon Targaryen, is looking upon her with you know, this smirk about, oh, yeah, this is child's play. I don't care. I can get her back whenever. Fuck all this. Blah, blah, blah. You know? And once they get done dancing, everyone else uh, gets up and they have their dance to join in. Right? Here's where it gets crazy. So the queen goes to speak with her uncle. And so now, as uh, everyone's having their dance and whatnot and conversating amongst one another and friends and eating... Damon is approached by a man who is the cousin of his wife, of Damon's wife, to be his bride to be. Um, no, actually, they were already married. It turns out, and he walks up and says, "I am the cousin to your late wife." So apparently, he did kill her. And the thing about it is, not only did he not deny it, but he also said, "I don't care what you got to say, bro, or who you are." But I do want to speak about my inheritance. And he said, well, it stands that um, she stood to inherit all of Redstone. So now that she's dead, I'll be taking it. I might come down there and see about it myself. Might see you there, cousin. You know what I mean? And just, and he all mad as hell. He didn't know what to say. So he just walked away. And that was the end of the whole conversation while he's just bewildered and hand the targaryen hand of the king and the king himself looking both of them looking at damon like what the hell <laughs> like this dude he's just so damn evil just so capable of some low down stuff so anywho's you have one of the valorian daughters as radiant as she is by the way they did right by her wig she looks nice it actually fits and she also has this white hair. So it really shows once you see the women and the young children having the same white hair, it's got to be some descendant of trait of the family rather than some um, indication of age. It's actually more so like um, 
the version of being blonde, but for people of color. And I find that super dope. So, during this time, Lorian Princess is speaking with Damon. And we're going to recap what they talking about right now. Here we go. Now, she trying to, like, you know, push up on him. And she flirting or whatnot. And, you know, bigging up his name. Well, that's why you a dragon rider. And you a prince. And this and third. And you win wars and all of that. You Any girl be lucky to have you. And he's like, that's because you don't know me. You know, being a brooding Batman type. And suddenly... There's another conversation going on while they're talking, and it's between Selena and his boyfriend on the low, and he says, you know what? His boyfriend come and drop some tea, so to speak, right? And he says, I think the Sir Christian has sold his white cloak. Now, you wonder how he noticed, like, where, where did he get this information from? By the way, um, he Damon did not flirt back to the princess of Valorian Princess. He was actually like being kind of curt and insulted. So back to uh, Lana's uh, boyfriend saying, "I know who it is, the paramour that uh, did something to the princess." I said, "Who?" I said, "Sir Christian Cole." He's like, "What? A sworn protector?" I said, "Yeah." So they over to talk about it or whatnot, and then in between. The princess still flirting with Damon. He says, hey, he's been messing with your bride's maiden hand, blah, 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 blah. He's like, keep it down. Don't tell nobody. And he's like, this is a good thing, though. So now you know her secret, and she knows yours. She knows your secret, and you know hers. And that was hilarious, because now he trying to keep him being gay under wraps and don't want her to use it against him. But now he knows that she ain't voyaging no more. So that's hilarious. Anywho's, moving forward in the scene, the boyfriend did the dumbest thing. He went to Sir Kristen Cole in his face right there at the dinner and said, don't they look cute together, the princess and Solana? And he's like, you know, he's not really responding. You know, he's all detached from it. You know, he don't want to entertain the bullshit. And he introduces himself and he says, I don't know why, but what's your business here? And then he said, you don't know me, but I got something to tell you. <laughs> and he says, Solana is very close to me, as I know the princess is to you. We should swear to each other to protect them and their secrets will be kept safe. So then we're all kept safe. And he's like, all right. And he goes to walk away. And suddenly, Chris Crystal, now here's the thing about Crystal. He's like, looking forward not saying anything no response no nothing and he's just like you could tell he's pissed you can tell he's pissed and everyone else is dancing having a good time going hey and you know you know just going you know just 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 turning up meanwhile damon decides to cut in and start dancing with princess renaria and they start speaking in a different tongue and he says is this what you want and she say, I didn't know it mattered to you. And he said, this ain't you. And Lena is a good man and a fine night. He will bore you senseless. And you know it. You like it dangerous. And then she said, marriage is only a political thing. And he's like, well, mine's just been resolved. And then she said, well, take mine then. So this is what you want. I'm not married yet. And the hours are passing by quickly. So I'm sure you got a knife on you. 
and and she she says cut through my father's king's guard and take me to dragonstone and make me your wife right in the middle of the ballroom dance floor and and then he grabs her by the neck like he about to kiss her with all type of passion and fury like and and the king like what the what's he doing to my daughter like he just looking he's like what is going on and suddenly a fight break out and everybody like, oh, what's going on? Oh, they crowd around trying to see what happened. And the king getting up like, what is going on? And the princess trying to make her way out of there, but she having difficulty. And it turns out she getting like pushed down or whatever and knocked to the side. You got, when, when, once they cleared, the people clear enough, you see the boy, um, uh, um, Lenore's boyfriend getting beat to death by Sir Crystal. And... He just beating him and beating him and beating him, beating him, beating him. And it's like, why? And then now you know why. It's because he was he wanted to keep that secret between dead men only. But what he don't know is that his boyfriend already told him about them. So his boyfriend know why he beating him. But it turned into a big ass fight when the king's guard was the king sent his uh, personal guard to go and break up the whole fight and just started knocking people out. Whoever was fighting, he was just knocking them out, knocking them out, trying to make his way to the princess. And he picked up the princess and got out of there to safety. Now, as the beating is going on, Crystal just would not stop. Like he just would not stop. He just kept beating them, beating them, beating them, beating them until the dude just died right there on the floor, like right there on the floor. Now, this, he caved his skull in, in, mushed his head in, and he gets up and he's just like, ugh, 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 you know, and he's all pissed, and he just walks out of there with nobody stopping him, and, and the king over there coughing up blood, and he can't even stand up straight. Meanwhile, um, Selena ended up taking a punch and he was bleeding in the face almost immediately. His nose started bleeding and when he finally get up and he see his boyfriend on the floor dead. Blood all over the place. And he just starts crying and screaming. Like he couldn't even like contain himself, right? And the king over there is just like, oh my god, what is going on? I can't believe this shit. Like these kids are fucking everything up. <laughs> like, like, oh my lord. <laughs> so it seems that they decided to run an impromptu marriage ceremony in order to in order to join the two immediately instead of the original plan which was a full week of feasting and partying and hunting until they do the final ceremony of the marriage but they decided to go ahead and do it right then and there that night in front of the priest after everything that happened and they said their vows they kiss and you know etc and it moves on meanwhile lord selena he's like distraught because he's like my the love of my life is dead for no reason like why did this have to happen he didn't even look her in the face she had to kiss him on the cheek he didn't look her in the face he was hurt he was emotional and now she's over there just she looks sad but at the same time you can tell it's not really hitting her as deep as others and she knows i guess right now she's just not realizing the impact that she's had with her recklessness and her irresponsibility but her face is more of a i've accepted what i've become rather than i don't like what i've done to people it seems more like that and during the ceremony sir Kristen decides to take it upon himself to go out and take his own life for what he's done thus far 
and the queen steps in and interrupts him and says, Sir Kristen, stop. You know what I mean? Basically, well, she didn't say stop, but she just called his name. And as they were doing the ceremony in order to wed the two, after they get done, like the moment after the ceremony is done, the king just falls weak and passes out. And the final shot, it pans out on a rat drinking the blood on the floor of the once living boyfriend of Sir Lena Valeria. And the credits roll. So, this episode of House of the Dragons, I'm going to give you my full opinion on it, basically. And this is us seeing a bunch of children not only being met with the politics of their world that they live in, but also the influence of their parents. And their parents are doing what they can to make them basically ensure the future of their families, of course. And this isn't too far-fetched of an idea to understand or, you know, accept. But also, the the thing with uh, Princess Rhaenyra is that I feel like she's more on the... Um, she's more representative of a more feminist type of a mindset where she doesn't have to be responsible with the people that she lays in bed with. You know, she feels empowered, therefore she wants to choose who she marries. She doesn't want to obey any type of hierarchical, you know, ruling and etc. And now she's learning that these things that she's pining for and these ideals that she's living for are coming with heavy consequences and it's costing people their lives. Whereas on the flip side of it, you have Sir Lena Valerian who is gay, but he cannot be openly so, of course, not in those times or they'll think that it's something literally wrong with him. And they'll look down upon him and it'll bring shame to their family. And so here he is not even able to openly mourn the person that he truly loved. And these philosophies are at war with one another in terms of trying to keep their family alive and living for themselves and being fulfilled within themselves. You know, there's a degree of a difference. The difference is the previous generation are at service to the world around them. Whereas the next generation of dragons seem to be at service to themselves and fulfilling who they are. And it seems like it's a fool's gambit, like a, a, um, a dog chasing its tail, if you will, or a snake eating its own tail. And it's crazy how well this is written. It shows exactly how things are that are directly relatable to modern times and how things are with families and what's really important when you get to the end of your lifespan and how you would want to, what, what would you like to leave on earth when you're gone, you know? If you're not gonna leave a huge legacy and change the world, then what will you do with what you have? If you're not gonna make the world better for others, then what will you live for? What will you do, you know? So it's interesting in that sense, and I like that. So, yeah. So all in all, my whole, like, everything that I got to say about this episode is that it was amazing. It was the most interesting one since episode two, probably, or two or three. And uh, I like it. We had some of everything. It was some drama. It was some mess. It was a fight. Shit. It was everything. So more of this, please. And yeah, um, House of the Dragon, season one. I love it. Going to have some fun with this. Uh, anywho's. Y'all, if you enjoyed this whole recap breakdown and everything, go ahead and give a like and subscribe if you want to see some more because we will be covering every episode every week from here on until the season ends. And hey, don't forget, 
for the anime fans out there, JoJo's new season has continued. Get ready. And when all else fails, don't forget that we still got a list of backlog of movies to watch and review. So stick around. And join in the Discord as well if you want in order to be a part of the watch parties. We will give you a separate role that you can join. That'll be the role for watch parties. And you can sit along with us as we have snacks and watch some crazy stuff that most of us have never seen. But anywho, y'all know what the business is. Go ahead and leave me a comment if you have any suggestions or other things that you want me to cover or current shows that are playing. Anime, movies, TV shows. You know, it's all on the table. And there's no real time frame for them either, no matter how old or new. As long as they're not, ugh, it depends. We'll just, just, just try, and we'll see. If it's something real cringe for the memes, we might still do that too. But anywho's, y'all, take care. Love, peace, and hair grease. Hug your nephew and love your niece. And always remember the channel motto: intentions are the most important. Actions ain't nothing but loud, and words don't mean a damn thing. Take care of yourselves and peace.